You bring joy to my soul. And that's really true. Jesus is more than a friend, and that brings joy. I feel joy. I'm happy that I have this relationship with Jesus and that Jesus really can become our very best friend. But I also I now want to turn it around because joy complete is then how, how does God... What about God's heart? What about God's joy? We've talked about, you know, sad events. I mean, I know that God grieves. God grieves these events. God grieves the, I mean, again, just the senseless losses. We're grieving. God's grieving. It doesn't need to be this way. But at the same time, again, it gets like ripping, I guess, emotionally. (laughs) We're going from sadness and we're going to, now let's talk about joy. Is there a way that God can be joyful? And that's, I think, what, Our friend, Paul, is writing to us in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. He starts these statements, if there is, if there is, if there is, let me just make, it's not not conditionally, yeah, maybe so, maybe no. He is saying, in the community of the king, there definitely is encouragement, there is comfort, there is relationship, there is affection and compassion. So as a community of people, when we're really in step with Jesus, when the Holy Spirit really is at work in us and through us, every community of the King will have encouragement, comfort, relationship, affection, compassion. Because those are resources that our King is placing into our lives. He just, again, grace are these gifts. So he's giving us the gift of encouragement. He's giving us the gift of comfort, of relationship, of affection and compassion. And then the question is really, okay, man, he just keeps over I mean like there's an abundance of all of those. As long as we're receiving what Jesus is giving to us, then what do we do? Okay, what as a community, what do we do? With encouragement, comfort, relationship, affection, and compassion. And I think that's the question that Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 4 answers. So Paul writes, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Make my joy complete. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside. Help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. So as Jesus pours these resources into his community, there's this potential that we can make his joy complete. Paul personalizes it. I mean, he's the apostle. He's the father of this church in Philippi. And he's saying, you know, as these resources are given, you're going to make my joy complete as the daddy of the community if you do this. But I don't think it stops there. I mean, it would be true as a church planter, I could relate to that, you know. But beyond that, there's a God. There's a, there's a king. 
says, you know, I'm giving you grace upon grace upon grace. And if you direct those gifts of grace in the right direction, then man, my joy is really complete. So Jesus can get joyful by what we do with what he gives us. Or you could make it the Father. Our Heavenly Father continues to give us grace after grace after grace. And what we do with that, if we do well with that and the way he's directing it, then he's joyful. The Holy, it'd be the Holy Spirit as well. He's the third person. We don't want to leave him out. So when the Holy Spirit is giving us these gifts, he's empowering us and we put them to work in the direction that he intends, then the Holy Spirit is joyful. So we do have a way that, I mean, we, I mean, this personal relationship with God, he not only fills us with joy, but we can complete his joy. So how do we do that? How is joy made complete? Well, the first thing Paul says is by being a community that's living in harmony. So having a harmonious community life. And he describes that in three different ways. A community living in harmony is a community that has the same love, is united in spirit, and is in agreement, being in agreement. Now, same love. I, I hear people occasionally say, I wouldn't say it to Adam, but he's the only family member here right now. Adam, you know, I love you. Oh, there's Renee and Lars. Renee, I love you. You know, and sometimes the response back is, well, I love you more. Well, no, I love you more. No, I love you more. No, I love you more. It's not about, the, it's not that. Having the same love simply means that you and I are receiving God's love in equal portions. God loves all of us. Our receivers sometimes are not the same. Some, some of us, it's more difficult for us to receive God's love. So really the point is for us all to receive the same quality, quantity of God's love. And then we're able then to utilize that and being a community that's loving each other well. United in spirit simply means that the Holy Spirit is really at work, not just in a few of us, but in all of us. And when the Holy Spirit is at work in us, he's empowering us to live life well, he's empowering us to do ministry, then that begins to unite us in a way that we can't unite ourselves. I love the idea of being in agreement. It doesn't mean that we just declare, we, we're, by God, we're, we're in agreement, right? We don't just declare that. Being in agreement means working hard to be in agreement. We occasionally have to address tensions or problems. What I love about living in the body of Christ is that he always enables us to hang together to solve problems. Now, occasionally, like Paul and Barnabas, there was a problem. They had to part company. But if you keep on with the story, they actually came back together and they were in agreement. So sometimes that happens. But being in agreement is this process. Every relationship that we have requires working toward agreement. There was a season that Susan and I were really not in agreement about an issue. 
And we, it was really one of the most exhilarating times in our marriage because we would schedule times in the backyard. So we would go, we'd get two chairs in the backyard. Okay, you go. So Susan would go. Then, oh, wait a second, I, I'll, I'll do it for myself. Then I'd go. And then we'd, have, we'd, do, we'd do this like for an hour. And we both say, well, we're not in agreement. No, we're not in agreement. Well, okay, then we, we're not in agreement. So we're going to have to go on with life. Uh, we need to, you know, go make dinner and, you know, you know do, clean the house, all the things you do. And we'll come back together next week, okay? Okay. And that, that disagreement, we were, as long as we were working towards agreement, it did not disrupt, it actually brought us together as a couple. We were, we were not in agreement, but the, but the season that we went, actually, you know, we never got to agreement. We just disagreed. But something happened in our relationship. So as long as we're working toward agreement, that's what's really important. So if we're this community living in harmony, they're in love with the same kind of love, which is God's love. And he keeps giving that love. Again, he just keeps loving us again and again. I'd encourage all of us, especially when we have these times of worship, just, just know that one of the things that I believe God always does in worship is he's always whispering, I love you. I love you. And we get to respond back, well, we love you too. And he just keeps loving us. And that's incredible. The Holy Spirit always unites. The Holy Spirit always unites us. And we can work towards agreement. Now, there are some things that the community has to avoid. If we're going to bring joy to our Father, to our King, to the Holy Spirit, then we're going to have to avoid selfish ambition, empty conceit, and looking out for our own interests. Selfish ambition is a really interesting word especially in the time that we are right now. The only, the only place you find this word outside of the New Testament is in Aristotle. And Aristotle uses this word only to describe politicians. <laughs> politicians who are motivated by self-interest and who are running, running for office with unfair advantage. That doesn't sound... I mean, we can't relate to that at all, can we? It's incredible. So that would give you the picture of someone that comes across as a very self-interested person in relationship with the body of Christ and having an unfair advantage, pushing their weight, wanting to get ahead. No, that doesn't work. That does not bring joy to our Father to our Lord or to the Holy Spirit. Empty conceit is just being a vain person. You know, all, I mean, it's, I mean, oh, it's one of the reasons why we emphasize being ordinary people. I mean, I have, I have some wonderful stories of God's, golly, miraculous victory in my life, through my life. But you know what? I have more stories about failure and about defeat. And I cannot pretend that that doesn't happen. And I can't stand before you and say, man, I got it all together. And you would be going, you know, Noel had a word for that. I can't use, he, we had a conversation this week. I can't use that word. But 
you know, he, he has a meter, so he knows when I'm blowing smoke. And uh, so that's a vain person, just pretending that life uh, with Jesus is a lot better than what it really is and that I'm a lot more successful than what I am. Just being honest, genuine. So I have good days and I have bad days. And then looking out for one's own interests. Well, all that comes down to is this description. People that are following Jesus in the community of the king, they do not try to make themselves out to be more important than other members of the community. They do not try to make themselves out to be more important than other members of the community. Can I just take a step towards you and say... One of my greatest frustrations is I, I'm very comfortable in the gifting that God has given me. I, I realize these gifted me to be a pastor. I know that I'm gifted to be a teacher. I know that I'm a church planter. But I'm not the most important person in the room. And that gets laid on me a lot. I'm not more important than every other person in the room. The leaders of the church, whether they are a singular leader or a multiple, yes, they're important. But everybody that's a member of the community of the king, everybody's important. We all need each other. So please, don't try to elevate me to be more important than you because I'm not. I have my place. You have your place. We need each other. The body of Christ works because all of the members are working. That's an incredible thing about the body of Christ. So what that comes down to, our king's joy, our father's joy, our, the Holy Spirit's joy, it's complete when these gifts of the king, encouragement, comfort, relationship, affection, compassion, as he's pouring those into our lives... And we begin to live toward one another as a community living in harmony. No one pursuing selfish ambition. And everyone looking out for the interests of one another. So I walk into the community not thinking of what am I going to get out of this... But with eyes open, what do I bring into this community for others? Each one of us. I mean, the, the, the adjectives that Paul's using are like incredible. It's each one of us looking out for every other's interests, not me, myself, and I looking for my own interests. And it's just really crystal clear. So look around. What do the people around us need? And what do I have that I could give to you? And then likewise, what do you have that you could give to me? How, how do we care for one another? That's this community. And that's what brings joy to our king. What I'd like to ask just in conclusion, and we'll just do this by a show of hands. How many of us this morning feel a little bit low on encouragement? Like, you know, I could really stand for more encouragement in my life. Anybody have that sense? Okay. Good. How many of us say, you know, 
And you can do double dips or triple dips or quadruple dips. And I don't know what five is. What's five? Quinn. Quinn dip. Okay. Uh, how many of us need comfort today? How many of us need comfort? How many of us need relationship? We, we just are not feeling the connection. How many of us need connection? Yeah. How many of us, we just need affection? <laughs> That's why I love to go to Chile. Man, you were so loved on in Chile. I mean, every person you meet gives you a hug. It's incredible. Yeah, affection. How many of us need compassion? Guess what? We all together have those resources to give to one another. And we have them in abundance. So that we can care for each other. So that we can encourage each other. So that we can comfort each other. So that we can draw each other into a closer relationship, both with each other and with God. And then that then puts us in greater touch with people around us. We all need affection. Compassion. And that's what Jesus is giving us, week in and week out. So that we can give that to each other. And having given it to each other, then we get to go out into this world and give it to others. So could we stand together? Hmm. See, isn't that cool? That there it is, right there. There, there is an illustration of what we just talked about. There's another one. That's so great, isn't it? Like these things work. This is truth that works. So again, as we're praying, if you notice somebody raising their hand and you're going, man, I'm just drawn to go stand next to that person, do it. It's okay. You can do that. Okay? All right. So, Father, we want to thank you for the gifts that you pour into our lives as a community of people. We, there is encouragement. There is comfort. There is relationship. There is affection. There is compassion. And so together, we just want to continue to receive in abundance these gifts that you're pouring into our lives. And as we receive those gifts, Lord, we want to be a community that's living in harmony with each other. We want to love well. Holy Spirit, we want you to unite us. And where we're out of step, where there is an agreement, we want to work toward agreement as you enable us to. Lord, we want selfish ambition, vanity, self-interest. We want those just to die in our lives. Because, oh Lord, we want to look out for the interests of others. So I ask Holy Spirit that you would empower us for that exchange. That those that are in need of encouragement, 
would in this moment receive encouragement. That those in need of comfort would receive comfort. That those in need of relationship, of intimacy, of closeness would receive. Those in need of affection would. those in need of compassion. Thank you for these gifts. Thank you for the exchange of these gifts. And now, Holy Spirit, send us out into a world that needs everything that we have from all that you're giving to us. Send us back into our neighborhood. Send us to work tomorrow. Send us into the classroom tomorrow with all of these gifts to be given to others for your sake and in your name. Amen.